0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 77 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with ARK Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in ARK. Rico. Howdy, y'all. I'm
1: at uh, 4531.
0: And leg day. Hey, are you sure this is 77? Because yeah, I'm, I'm at... I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm don't, at uh, Don't you 3, dare 000... start with me. Let me sit my hours, darn it. <laughs> I'm at 3,542 hours. I can't help it. You triggered me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, so this week has been very quiet regarding patch notes and future plans for the game. However, the turret hard limit is now in full effect, though it didn't go smoothly, and the Raptor has been revealed as another dino getting some TLC. And we plan to talk about the, the issue of character transfer loss as well. But before we get to all that, let's set up the YouTube comments. Boracua Sincero said, Geez, watch Animal Planet once in a while. Alligators can actually turn 180 degrees. They're actually really quick on land. Now, I do remember they're very quick on land. They have, they're have they able to sprint on land. I wasn't sure if they could turn 180 degrees on land. Water would make sense, but on land, I don't know if they can. And that's right. Yeah, and that's I that's right. I mean, the right. I'm curious circle. to see whether
1: the animation is going to match what they can actually do. Because in video games, when they talk about 180 degree spins, I tend to think of, you know, like Babylon 5 and a freaking Star Fury type of spin. Because that's usually <laughs> what you get.
0: Yeah. That or it's going to bend itself backwards in half to bite you. Ooh, that's it. Ooh, that would look bad to look. Ooh, nope, nope. Um, next generation Gaming had some tips and says you're probably not wrong about me being more on the right than you, Rico. If you had to mention it, lol. I'm an MRA, if that means anything. Regarding the trike, yep. Regarding the trike, what is drag rate?
1: Oh, drag weight. Uh, basically, when something is unconscious, it has a it has a weight uh, weight statistic. This determines how quickly you're able to move while you're dragging it. You ever notice how, like, something is, say, too heavy to drag, or, mm-hmm. like, you're just moving at a ponderous pace, and then when you per- grab a person, you're basically just flying along. People have a drag weight of, I think, I-, I don't even know if they actually have a drag weight on the human bodies. But the dinosaurs do. The bigger they are, the it's normally c- uh, size consistent, but for some reason, and I haven't verified this in the game files myself, but I'm just going to go with Reddit here, They've made the statement that the Tricus is a higher drag weight than the Carno, the Stego, and most of the other things in its size category. Which is weird, because it's actually one of the smaller things in its size category. Yeah. Eh. But it could be to be connected to the fact that drag weight was supposed to originally somehow be connected to ramming, fe- uh, uh, ramming features that were never actually implemented. So mm. maybe it has something to do with that. In which case, it makes sense that it has a high drag weight. It's supposed to be a charger, after all.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Where are those trikes jamming through uh, gates and walls, man?
0: I know, yeah, right? I know, where are they? Yeah, maybe they'll get some TLC eventually. Get better. Uh, he's decided to share some tips as well, saying, Regarding tips, find every corner of your base that is unused and not going to be used, and plaster it with narcoberry plots, stimberry plots, and tinterberry plots. Make use of that space. If on island or center, as long as they have direct sunlight, rain should keep them watered. Any other map... Requires you to water them with pipes and tanks. Um, I don't know. I don't like cluttering up my base with uh, crop plots. I tend to make a garden for those, specifically.
2: Man, I'm super OCD about placement of things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My my, my bases are geometric shapes. The the interior of them is very usually planned out.
0: Yeah, but what we like about uh, the island in the center is that It rains so much that you can just leave them out in the open, and you won't have to worry about water in them. I don't know about Ragnarok though. And scorched earth. I did the
1: same. I did the same on Ragnarok, right outside of the desert area. I wasn't technically in the desert area, but I was like right on the border of it. I would get heat waves, but that Mm -hmm. was it.
0: And then aberration. There's no rain, so. eh. You You know, after I started
1: playing on uh, the island again this week, the first time Mm -hmm. it rained, it kind of freaked me out for a second.
0: It's like what's that? What is that? What is this? Follow for of the sky. Been institutionalized.
1: I gotta be underground, man.
0: <laughs> I gotta dig, dig, dig. <laughs> he goes on, right? Uh uh this is a huge boon for many things. The narcs will not only provide you with as many narcotics as you need, but will also power level your character up ob- to oblivion. For this reason, most of your plots should be narcs with this method focuses on leveling one player in your tribe so they can unlock the game bench. Then use the chem bench to level everyone else. Grinder is a good alternative, but super expensive in comparison. Uh, The stems are for your fiomia if you if your map has them or access to transfers. With that, dung beetles are your friend. Tinder berries are great for using some of those endless narcotics you will surely have way more than your farmer needs will ever require, and turning them into medical brews that are one of the most underappreciated healing items in the game.
1: Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta butt into something that uh, mm-hmm. happened earlier. Uh, it was just yesterday, actually. I was getting ready to get all, uh, offline, switch rooms like I normally do, because uh, uh, I'm on a laptop. And I uh, mentioned that uh, I was like, okay, I, got, uh, I gotta go feed, uh, feed the cats and squeeze. Uh, and when I get back, I'm gonna squeeze the pig. See you all in a bit. When I get back, <laughs> uh, one of the players on our server, Rosine's, like, what? What? What did you mean when you say squeeze the pig? I'm just like, <laughs> what did you think I meant? And then we told the story of how Bohu, I believe it was Bohu, once squeezed a pig to death.
0: No, that was, um... Oh,
1: uh, it was Yaku, it was Yaku. Yaku,
0: yes. And everybody (laughs) was cracking up.
1: Okay, it was Bohu who was always cracking jokes at him over it. I couldn't remember which one of them was cracking the jokes and which one
0: didn't. (laughs) Yeah, it was Yaku who squeezed it to death. He literally pooped that thing until it died.
1: I almost squeezed mine to death yesterday, actually. Oh my god. (laughs) I noticed it was bleeding and I stopped and I'm like... It should only be your anus that's bleeding with as much as you're pooping. <laughs> this is a problem. I think I made a mistake.
2: Indeed. Oof! I'm not following this conversation.
1: <laughs> You've squeezed the pig. You know it.
0: Yeah, come on. Don't deny it. Uh, hmm. Uh. Okay. <coughs> no, really? The fiomia? Uh, Oh, is it the
2: Stimberry thing?
0: Yeah,
1: the Stimberry thing with the Pionia.
2: squeeze the the pig. I was sitting here very uncomfortable trying to figure out what we were talking about.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. He goes on to say, if you're struggling to get spoiled meat to use all those narco bears on, whenever you do a meat run, shove the meat into the inventory of your dinos. This gives the optimal spoil timers that cause all the meat to spoil within roughly half a day, while almost none of the spoiled meat spoils at all taking a full week just for half of it to spoil. On the higher end of farming resources, build a processing station outside. This includes industrial forges close enough to smithies and fabs that you can access both without moving, a.k.a. within rotating distance. No one likes to park their Anki outside and walk back and forth between their forge for 10 minutes every time they return to base because they put the forge inside. Put it outside, park the Anki right next to it, and transfer that way. Or if you have whips, make the Anki face the forge, drop all the metal and whip it up and put it into the forge. Then have on the other side of your wall of smithies, put chem benches within rotating distance to the fabs so you can make spark powder in them and then shove it in the fabs for gunpowder. Having this all outside might sound like a security hazard as long as it is within turret distance and you have methods of moving the finished product inside, you should be fine. Honestly, you should put this in a location where if the enemy can access it, they have already breached enough of your defenses that you are on the losing side of a war. Besides, I've noticed spending less time inside your base for some reason reduces the stress of the game, might be due to being inside your base making you feel cramped and boxed in. I don't know, I'm not a psychologist.
1: That that sounds valid enough that you'd be, that you'd be surprised how uh, much of your the stuff you do online actually triggers the response in your brain as if it was in the real world Mm because, frankly, our brains spent 400,000 years developing without television screens. Yeah, They've only been around for, like, what, 60 years for the general public?
0: So, personally, I've never liked putting uh, Smithies, Industrial uh, Grills, Industrial Cookers, and the uh, Industrial Forge outside. I always prefer to keep them inside and just build it so that I can officially bring the Yankee in, unload it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: I think it kind of depends on the size of your base, though. Like I've yeah. seen some really high tier bases where they just don't give an f and uh, leave a lot of that stuff outside.
0: That, that that's true. Just uh, no matter how big the. Uh, base you remember is, our,
1: al- our allies back on um, Scorch? They had that base on the top of the uh, of the pillar cliffs, and mm-hmm. they just the entire upper portion of their base was just completely and totally open.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh 2 123 says uh, FYI Rico, the US dollar has long been a flat currency since Nixon. We print money like it's monopoly cash. The benefit of using cryptocurrency in gaming is that it is marketplace agnostic and the currency would exist within a global market that could be traded to other currencies. Steam credits are isolated within Steam market only, whereas crypto has the flexibility to move around to other platforms. Other scenarios would allow players an additional stream of income. Most gamers have good PC builds, and while they are not gaming, they can flip on their minor scripts and earn some crypto, which they could reinvest, convert, or just spend more on their games. It sounds like a win-win for most gamers. Granted, like I mentioned before, they would have to have dedicated servers that would allow for said transactions, so that they would not impose the system on those who do not want to participate. Uh, Here's an idea. Uh, let's go with let's start with this first now uh is it ubisoft that's trying to do their own cryptocurrency as well
2: well i i know we kind of talked about this before but i don't know if i ever really figured out what that meant to integrate the crypto into the game does that just mean like it's an in-game currency
0: yeah um as far as i know it would and whether or not you can convert it into other kinds of cryptocurrency or you know convert it into real world dollars i don't know how if they would set that up either yeah, is
1: just... All I know is I have more than enough uh, faith in the international banking uh, car- uh, cartel's ability to be evil that I don't mm. think this will work. <laughs> it's not that I don't understand the concept behind it. It's just I I I trust greed. I am a child of the '80s. I know what's going to get smashed when it's bad uh, when it's going to be bad for the people in charge.
0: Yeah, well, you see, China and some other countries dropping cryptocurrency. Others are just trying to make their... Other countries are trying to make their own cryptocurrency. It's oh, the Wild West right now.
1: Well, well I mean, there are going to be some people that make out like bandits while it's still the Wild West.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Until someone comes in and, uh, you know, iron fists the crap out of everybody.
0: <laughs>
1: just get out before that happens.
0: Yep. Uh, Malin Musk also had an idea saying they should upgrade their Paraser so that they could link up with other Pariser's and have linked saddles, which would upgrade their carry weight. They should let you link up for up to four of them to times four your combined gary weight and allow for bigger linked mobile bases.
2: You're talking like a train here?
0: Yeah, kind of like a train.
2: I just think that'd be impossible to move uh, practically.
0: Yeah, I said the same thing. Thought thought the AI wouldn't be up to snuff to keep them all together. I like keep the concept, it. though. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Just don't think it would be practical or within wildcard's ability to do so
1: dynamic link bridges oh by the way i finally tested the dynamic uh, gates
0: they work very oh. well
1: they're very weird um and they're and a little bit uh wonky when you try and uh if you make mistakes but uh other than that they work uh, not bad for, the, for you know one mod team um
2: yeah but for, for the uneducated what is a dynamic uh gate
1: Okay, uh, the dynamic gates is a thing from S Plus that is essentially nothing, a uh, little more than just a... Uh, it's just an item you put down. You set the gates material, height, and width. You, they can go up to 12 by 12, be made of any, uh, any of the oh. building materials in the game. Then it tells you how much it costs, and you have... And this is the part I don't like about it. You have five minutes after you set the thing down to fill it. Hmm.
2: Now, does it still abide by the size rules of, say, what can walk through a dino-sized gate, or what can walk well, through I a bino-sized
1: Well, uh, I have a... Uh, I think it's a 5 by 6 uh, for my, uh, to get my Rexes in and out, and it works just fine. Now, I did try and make it thinner, but the Rexes wouldn't go, so. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, a wild
2: tangent, but uh, a gate I wish the base game had was the kind of medieval gate where you drop the spikes, kind of like Age Empire style. Mm-hmm. Random thought. A Yeah,
0: uh, Sure.
1: I don't know <laughs> that I pronounced that right, but I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of the right thing.
0: I'm just completely lost.
1: I'm trying to make sure my crops don't die because apparently I didn't put <laughs> enough fertilizer in all of them.
0: That's a newbie mistake. All right, uh, Drake Banders is back with a novel. I'm talking about War and Peace has nothing on this. Um, Yay, story time. <laughs> number oh, one. A Drink. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify my about my statement of a forge saddle for the Ar- Anki, the concept idea I had was around simply. A mini stone forge mounted on the back of a saddle which could be interacted with separately from the Anki's main inventory. You could hop off, put some wood inside, and smelt some metal while gathering more. Turret or gun saddles is another saddle creation I'd love to see, from the aforementioned rocket guns for the trike, dual mounted machine guns for something like the Terra, and possibly even some kind of weapon saddle that can be mounted on the Dimetrodon that takes advantage of its temperature change and ability to function as a mobile auto turret. Furthermore, saddles with special abilities, such as a cargo saddle or maybe an up-armored saddle, which offers great protection at the cost of weight. Hmm.
1: Now when we talk about stuff like this. I'm just for the Dimetrodon one. I'm picturing freaking Archimedes' death ray.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I do like the idea. Of its uh, ability to um, produce heat would power the the turret. I, I do like that idea. But uh, will we see that from Wild Card? Probably not. But it would be awesome, especially uh Gatling gun uh, type of machine guns on the Terra for strafing runs. He suggested. <laughs> I like that idea too. That was not yeah, a that long that comment. ago. a I just scout got
1: plane. I kind of see a a, a strafer being like a dual Gatling like for the Argent mm-hmm. ground attack aircraft right there. Yeah. Oh, that's that's an interesting idea.
0: Oh, he, I love that. We've got the tech saddles that can shoot stuff. It would be nice to see a more modern version of, for the saddles. You know, machine guns on some of the saddles, rocket launchers.
2: I like the machine gun idea.
0: Yeah. And for your information, that was only the first point. You to get to go. <laughs> okay, there it is. All right. <laughs> Number two, in regards to the extinction theory, Wildcard did mention that this third DLC will explain how the Dotorex was created. So what Rika mentioned may hold some truth as we may start to see a lot of prototype creatures roaming around that never actually made it to the arcs. I'm curious to find out how the Dota Rex was created.
1: Well, if there, there, there's something, uh, there's a conversation that once was had uh, between, uh, it was me, Gropp, go figure, some interesting conversation, called <laughs> me and Groppler. It's basically like having two of my brain in the same room, only he's got a much better, a much better <laughs> education. And we basically were going through how relatively easy it would actually be to, I mean, you'd have to figure out a a lot of the, the gene splicing stuff goes beyond technology we have, but the actual like genetic, uh, replacement once you locate the specific places in the gene sequence where the things are, swapping them out actually shouldn't be that much of a problem. And you could probably take a, a bat and turn it into a dragon. Mm-hmm. How you'd get it to fly? Who the hell knows?
0: <laughs> I'm not entirely make you convinced. Make it scales,
1: make it bigger.
2: That's not that hard. It, it really depends on modular DNA translates into like limbs. I don't know if it, you know, to make an arm probably takes a thousand different pieces of a strand that are all over the well, place. Well, of
1: course, that's that's sort of that's the main problem is just that we don't have it. I mean, it's not ma- uh, the the there's no mapping to uh, uh, today. I mean, uh, you don't even want to know. When I found out what you actually have to do to successfully identify where things are, if you ever want to be really depressed, look up what a knockout trial is on mice and be prepared to see the the most dirt mice ever.
0: <laughs> All right, Uh, number three. Personally, if they made the Titan a permatame but made it the only platform dino to mount turrets, I could see this creature getting a massive resurgence both as a mobile base and to be treated like a land cruiser, with the smaller Bronto being somewhat akin to a destroyer. Yeah? Yes. I, I'd certainly be using it for that. Though I have I to say it. that the the tail alone is a massive blind spot for the, the Titan. Uh, now, they took so, a vote,
2: right, on whether or not they were going to make it a permanent team? Did that uh, go anywhere?
0: Jeremy Stieglitz did a poll on it, uh, but didn't follow up with what their decision might be. The only thing we did see was in... Well, was it 278 or the patch before that, that the Titan's walking speed was nerfed, and its run speed was nerfed as well.
1: Because, you know, it was already a freaking speed demon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> Number four. My issue right now in ARC is that explosives are very powerful against structures, perhaps a little too powerful. How many times have you stuck AC4 to a wall or fired a rocket at an enemy base only to have it destroy not only the wall you were firing at, but the foundations, a few walls all around the point of impact, structures and walls behind the initial impact, and damage several other 3-4 to four foundations away from the point of impact. I believe if the structures got a look at how much they took damage, it would make raiding bases harder and more costly, and possibly deter some raiders from a heavily fortified base. One example of this, which I believe has it nailed on the head, is the game Rust. A stone wall, for example, takes up to 4 rockets to destroy, yet only 2c4 An arc, a single rocket, or a C4 charge can easily destroy the wall it was used on, and probably a few others around it as well.
2: Man, you should have seen the God Rockets back in the day. Yeah, I
0: miss them. But um, we talked about this a couple, maybe a couple episodes back, and I think the general consensus was that structures need to be more durable, or they need to make, uh, no it was c4 needs to be made more expensive was i think the solution we agreed upon
2: yeah I, I guess i'd accept that i mean if uh you go if if you work under the premise that c4 is not being duped and everyone needs to craft it then i mm-hmm. think that would help a little bit for medium tier uh rating
0: yeah definitely though i think uh, a while back i had also come up with suggested the idea that if uh the tribe was offline that the structures themselves would get a uh Defense bonus, like it's fifty percent more durable yeah. against explosives. So not full ORP, but just a make little it bit of really a buff. expensive for offline raiders to break into oh, the base. Oh man, I love that idea. Still, <laughs> uh, number five. On a further note, why I think adding S plus is a good idea is those triangle foundations. With these, you can easily maximize your protection by creating multiple layers of honeycomb defenses, make it more making it more costly to raid your base. A good example is certain bases built on the game Rust which do have triangle foundations and does make Raiden a little bit harder. So uh, Rico, as our resident expert on Structures Plus, have you used this triangle foundation?
1: Okay, I personally found those things actually impossible to work with. Groppler has done some fairly impressive impre- uh, work with them, including using the ceilings to create uh, over uh, overhanging... Um, Paradise that made it next to impossible to actually uh, um, climbing pick your way over to the roof of the base.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ah. Um. Basically, you just kept every uh, uh, every time you tried, you, you can could do it eventually, but you your odds of having a misjump where you just end up on another weird angled piece of the roof. There were the slanted triangles. Mm-hmm. Just kept bouncing back and forth. It, it took me at least twi- uh, at least two three times as long as it should have to get all uh, over that uh, ledge. And I watched him build it, so I knew exactly what I was gonna how how I should be trying to do it. And then someone's having to go through trial and error. And then you get into the fact that you can curve the edges of bases with them and stuff like that. It's uh, it can make for some very interesting things. But putting trying to put walls between them to create the honeycombs, Mm -hmm. you start to run into some problems with uh, with that. It it could work. It's just. I, don't, I can't compare it to Rust, unfortunately, just to know how how good of a comparison. You could do it. It'd, it'd just be a little awkward. and It'd be kind of like using the square thing and just building, uh, once your base is finished, build another square or two around your base and just make those honeycombs.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll tell you, the only way I'd really kind of like it is if it didn't require a different width wall, Ingram. Like, let's say you put down a wall and it automatically either stretched or expanded to be either uh, a wall on a square foundation or a wall on the the um, long side of a triangle
0: we must build a wall
2: but um uh, in general i like triangles i just don't want to have to learn a dozen different engrams to meet the different sizing that it would <laughs> cost. yeah it would have side effects but i would like to see an inverted triangle wall piece i can't tell you how many times i needed that
0: indeed Now, uh, number six, in regard to more offline base defenses, I do believe that turrets should do a massive amount of damage against players, more so currently. A few shots against a player with flak armor should utterly destroy a player instead of allowing them to simply tank bullets. Maybe adding a multiplier against human targets means they naturally take more damage. Furthermore, I believe turrets should be used more inside bases than outside as a number of times I've witnessed raiders attack a base destroy the exterior defenses to find an utterly defenseless interior. Um, I think flak needs to be capped. I mean, there's flak with durability of 900, 1,000 durability, and that's insane. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. I'd like to see
2: turrets take more time to destroy a player, so it's not just like three shots, two shots, you're dead, mm-hmm. if you're wearing prim flak. But at the same time, I don't want to increase the burden on the defense. So it's almost like yeah. I want the guns to shoot more, but I want bullets to be a lot cheaper.
0: Exactly, because you don't want players being able to just run up to the base and tank all the bullets and get to your. That's what the dinos are for. They're supposed to be the bullet soakers, not the human corpses. Just make bullets dirt cheap. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's a possibility. Though I would also say increase the capacity, holding capacity of the turrets as well for ammo. Yeah. Number 7. To add on to something with the turrets, I believe we should get more customization with them, like like they said. More settings which, for example, allow us to change the rate of fire would be a good start. It fires so slowly, yet it resembles that of a minigun, perhaps allowed to have a spin-up time before it fires rapid fire. Additionally, while S-Plus has a lot of very good turret options, I wouldn't be opposed to a shotgun turret. That lets you plant on walls, ceilings, or in odd locations where it can like fire always. upon enemy attackers. Yep. Even if it doesn't track the player and only fires in a single direction.
1: What I like about the flamethrower turret turrets from S Plus, they also dismount dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, I like that. that's one of the things I wish I hadn't we had in the game on official servers is a way to dismount the dinos with a turret or a well, so technically we've got the Prolovia, but that's a one hit wonder. You know, but, uh, you also I... have to
1: plant Z grenades.
0: Yeah. But I'm thinking more of a, in an offline raid situation.
2: I, I used to be very big on like hallway turrets, you know, mm-hmm. turrets poking through windows and things like that, but with the turret limit, it it seems like every turret's so precious you want it on your perimeter.
0: Not only that, but it also depends on the layout of your base. If you're if it's really condensed and you're placing turrets every two tiles that's not going to do much. It's not going to be effective at all really because the player can just quickly run in, take a couple shots, throw down on a C4, get out, take another shot maybe, and then blow it up. Whereas if you're utilizing large open spaces in your base with turrets, they'll definitely be more effective. So yeah, it all depends on the layout of the base and whether or not you can afford to waste some of the precious slots to put them inside. Because right now you need everything you need outside to try and keep them out for as long as possible. And then just rely on your dinos to buy yourself some more time to get on and hopefully stop them. Mm. Number 8. For Plan X turrets, I'm under the belief that these should have a separate counter to the standard auto turret limit. I agree. For example, I'd be fine if they allowed 100 auto turrets between X foundations while Plan X turrets had their own limit within X foundations. I also believe we should get some kind of heavy or mutated Planex as a primitive counterpart to the heavy turret. Maybe in addition to blindness and slow, and slow, it shoots spikes which give a small bleed and torpor effect. Yeah, I'm all for a heavy version for the Planex. Definitely. I also think that they should have their own separate counter. Like maybe 25 Planexes within the same radius as the 100 turrets. Certainly would be helpful. Yeah. But uh, we'll see because um, the turret limit is just only now in effect and it's already shaking things up. Number nine, in relation to the traps, I believe one of the fixes they should make is allowing them to be placed anywhere, including near enemy foundations. I do think they should not be placed anywhere where a sleeping bag or bed is at least by a foundation or two to prevent just placing an IED on top of a bed. This would make them an excellent way of slowing down defenders I get that they can be used to grief bases. However, is it really such an issue? Being just being that little bit more careful, more trash you know, in general. No, mm-hmm.
1: oh, I was just say, I remember back when you could put the IDs anywhere for yes. a while. I love those loved days. Them. I love those days. it was the first PVP hill I ever got. <laughs> they uh, they just patched that out like a, a couple of weeks ago, right? No, oh, they
0: patched that out a long, long time ago.
1: I was gonna say I know it was before you joined us in Frozen Throne, nope. so you know.
2: Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm thinking about the fact that you can, we were able to place a turret pretty much inside. Oh, turret. no, space. no, no.
0: We're talking about IEDs Oh, narco okay. traps. <laughs> ah. ah, yeah. I can uh. see how
2: that'd be a lot funnier to put a narco trap in front of somebody's front door. Yep.
0: Uh, More traps in general would be good, especially organic plant plant traps and more advanced electrical traps. The Y-trap, for example, I believe should not only ensnare targets, but also give torpor at a gradual rate. But I also believe we should get an explosive landmine for exterior defense, an interior laser mine with friend and foe recognition, and even down to spiked floors and barbed wire barricades. Yes, so all of that.
2: Yeah, laser trip mine. Love it. That'd be awesome. And I love the landmine idea.
0: Yeah. And it would make sense to have a laser trip mine in this game because you've got the implant. Wouldn't it? Couldn't you have come up with some sciency y things? Say, oh, if such an implant blind, this person is uh, in the vicinity, don't go off. Make that the reason why we can have laser trip mines?
1: Well, a, a laser and uh, something and a, and a.
0: Presumably. A scanner. I mean,
1: well, I mean, presumably the. Uh, uh, the the, given the way the, the implants work, I would think they emit some kind of ra- uh, some kind of particle radiation of some sort. So mm. if you could figure out what that is, I suppose. But um, well, I mean, I suppose we do make a fully automatic rifle, uh, a fully automatic plastic rifles uh, <laughs> out, out of rocks. So I suppose we could come up with a particle detector.
0: Yeah, I figure we're smart enough to do so.
2: I just want to see Half Life uh, laser mines.
0: <laughs> I also like the idea of spike floors and. Uh, Spike floors and barbed wire barricades. We really need some kind of new barricade. Yeah. I Number think t- spikes, well, real quickly.
2: I, I think spikes in general are a good concept, but there's just a ton of problems with them. Yeah. Particularly with uh, line of sight issues with the turrets.
0: Oh, yes. They can block the turrets pretty easily, which is very frustrating.
2: And I think that's easily fixable. Just make them no clippable. As far as bullets are concerned.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, you'll have to pass it along to Walkard. Yeah, I'm sure they'll
2: listen to me.
1: (laughs) Well, you are the one that defends them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) they got to keep you on the good side. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Number 10. In regards to a satchel charge, I'm for this. They should be big, heavy, and large, cannot be stacked, and work like shields attached into the offhand slot, whereby it has an HP for 100, and if shot, it explodes. But when attached to an enemy base, it delivers massive damage. However, it takes longer to detonate to where a player could disarm said charge. Number 11, I'm also for Sean's idea of a barricade, something that's portable, placeable, and reusable by a player and ignores enemy foundation restrictions. It doesn't cover the whole body as a player. It can crouch behind it, allowing them to get closer to turrets, but it can't take too much punishment from the likes of dinos or explosives.
2: Hmm. You know, that's an interesting idea that there's a cooldown on placing, like, explosives to where a, a defending player has a chance to disarm.
0: Yeah. It's a good idea.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think if that would just be annoying or if it would actually be useful. I think it'd be useful.
0: I think it'd be um, a good part of the game where the defender suddenly has has to decide whether or not it's worth the risk to go out there and disarm it before it gets blown up.
2: It, it would certainly prevent people from just kind of running up and quickly blowing things up. But Yeah. That's a lot of fun,
0: though. <laughs> the kamikaze runs. Mm-hmm. Number 12. Again with siege weapons, I fully I full heartily agree with Sean, we need some kind of mortar, something that fires indirect explosives at targets. It could be a smaller man portable version of the much larger howitzer for firing cluster bombs. Furthermore, more ammunition types for other siege weapons such as grape shot and ball and chain for cannons, explosive or Flaming boulders for the catapult, armor piercing or incendiary rounds for the chain gun. Chain gun turret and allowing the use of Scorched Earth's Homan missiles inside the rocket turret.
2: So I love siege weapons as a concept. I absolutely love it. But if you watch any Twitch stream of an actual big battle, you're not going to see any platform dinos mm-hmm. with uh, siege weapons on their backs. And yeah. I think that's a problem. I mean, I'd love to see that change. At least but because there
0: were... um, those dinos are pretty easy to kill with compound bows and other things. But it's so,
2: not like, though, the attackers are setting up, you know, a fob with cannons on.
0: Right. Which we were going to do in the Starfleet War, just we never got around to doing it. I was ready to just siege them, do a prophecy, get a cannon over there and just blow into the base, taking their time. Uh, number 14. In relation to the firearms, Rico was correct in stating it looks like an old Navy revolver, but from what I've seen, it's a combination of different revolvers from the period. The size of him resembles that of a Colt Walker, a massive 44 caliber black powder revolver. But, it looks, but its looks are similar to the Colt 1851 Navy. The ejection system is very similar to that of the Remington 1858 New Army, which had a feature allowing you to remove the cylinder.
1: Wow! Thank you for reminding me of that gun. I just, as soon as you said the name of it, you said the name of it, the the, the picture of it appeared in my head. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, there you
0: go. Pretty much dead on. I like to own a revolver. Uh, Revolvers are awesome. Number 14. Weapons, I believe, that need a buff. Most of the primitive weapons, such as spears, need a higher velocity when thrown to make it harder to dodge. Crossbow and long neck rifle need to have a check to their reload speed, especially when the animation takes longer to play like they jam up. Assault rifle needs a slight damage and accuracy spread buff. It behaves too much like an SMG than an actual rifle. Most of the other weapons only need small tweaks, such as the draw animations of the pistols. It's unnecessary to have to rack the slide of the the fab pistol every time you draw it, making drawn pistols faster than drawing a rifle or a shotgun. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Especially uh, pulling your weapons out faster. I wish they would. I hate having to switch between weapons because it takes so long in a fight. And then uh, number 15, weapons I believe that should be added to complete the weaponry lineup. A lever action, rifle or carbine, uses simple pistol bullets, same damage as simple pistol, but higher capacity, less damage than long neck rifle, higher rate of fire. SMG uses advanced pistol bullets, high rate of fire, low damage, great for close quarters, and high capacity. A tranquilizer rifle, some kind of bolt action or semi-automatic rifle that uses tank darts exclusively. How many of us really want this for taming? Automatic shotgun, lowest damage, highest DPS, 12 round magazine fed, costly to produce, but very powerful in the right hands. An anti- anti-material rifle, single shot rifle that does immense damage to dinos, considered a lethal modern counterpart to the long neck. Very costly to produce, but like the Fab Sniper, comes with its own scope. Heavy machine gun, uses sniper rounds, heavy damage, slow rate of fire, high recoil, heavy weight. Modern hand grenade, less bouncy, higher explosive payload, ideal for dinos and infantry. A grenade launcher, indirect explosive weapon, fire and impact, or rebounding grenades does less damage than the rocket launcher, but lasts longer. Single shot breach loaded. Whew. So,
2: yeah, I think I said this before. I, on a, When someone said something similar a couple podcasts ago, I, I, in general, I like the idea of weapons variation and special features. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't want this to be Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> but it's you so know, much more.
2: I mean, I'd like to see the weapons variation involve the dinosaurs in some way. Mm-hmm. I guess is what Fair I'm enough.
0: saying. Do you like the idea of a grenade launcher? Though, hmm.
1: who doesn't like the idea of a grenade launcher? <laughs> I, I think a,
2: an automatic shotgun would really tick a lot of people off.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Number sixteen with the ammunition, I feel adding things such as slugs for shotguns, whereas our metal and beanbag slugs, poison arrows that's that actually poison targets, and explosive arrows for the crossbows, bow, and compound bow, and AP or HP or hollow point bullets for fabricated guns. I would love some explosive arrows. That would be awesome. Poison arrows, the general
1: Lee. I really don't care about strapping dynamite to
0: an arrow. (laughs) But poison arrows, I actually would want those in the game too. Rather than using um, Trank Arrows to knock somebody out, I'd rather use the Poison Arrows to let them die eventually and lose stamina quickly. Number 17. I believe consumables should add a number of subtle cues to when an enemy is using a special consumable item. It's already in place for beer where the users have a hazy set of bubbles on their head. I believe Shadow Stakes should make their eyes glow and Battle Tartar give give you a red aura like alphas, for example. Brother Enlightenment should make the person glow with yellow light to simulate some kind of XP buff, but I don't think stuff like the Lazarus Chatter, Focal Chitterly, Enduro Stew, Freer curry and Callion Stew should be unaffected. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah.
2: Man, yeah. I think in, in general video games it's intuitive to be able to see the buffs that other players have.
0: Yeah. And give you the ability to figure out what you should do to counter it or it'll at least let you know what to expect of how they're going to fight. And then he had a question about future T- TLC asking, do you think with the added polish to many of the dinos in the future, some previously told as being unbreedable, such as the aforementioned insects may get a pass at being able to be bred? Part of me hopes
1: so, but then part of me uh, has seen what happens if you have a mod to add breedable insects uh, in the pen where you keep your um, dung beetles.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alright, then. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're gonna see the bugs getting become breedable anytime soon. Wildcard has been rather adamant on their stance with them. Which is a shame, because I would, I would love to breed scorpions. Let's see what I can do with that.
1: I just want to breed crabs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be able to breed crabs. Just like the wyverns, they'll never be breedable. Alright, so, it's time to move on to threads, tweets, and, uh, First one up is a mod called Dragon Punk or the Dragon Punk League. And this is essentially a Battle Royale or Survival of the Fittest Light kind of mod, PvP mod. And uh, they have a trailer for it. It looks pretty interesting. The In the trailer, they've got uh, people on Raptors firing off flamethrowers and just going at it in the arena. And I assume it's going to shrink down so that they're forced to meet in the middle or wherever they have to meet. And... People have been asking for Survival of the Fittest to get some love, and this might be the closest thing they'll get.
2: Now, I haven't seen this trailer yet, but...
1: You know, other... people are happy with it. Cool. Um, it's not my cup of tea, so I'm not going to comment on it. Oh, is I that because of the of Battle of game Royale
2: uh, gameplay style, or the actual mod look and feel of the weapons?
1: No, it's just... Uh, I'm not a overly huge fan of, of Battle Royales. Like, yeah, I'm I'm still, uh, I still haven't bought PUBG despite the fact that I have... At this point, like... Twenty people uh, uh, have asked me about it, and like
0: "Eh, eh, eventually, (laughs) if I could get PUBG for ten bucks, I'd probably pick it up. It's worth about ten bucks. Yeah, right now, there's plenty of people playing it. For now, for forty dollars, and I'll wait. I'm patient. I was sad it didn't go on sale past holiday season. I'd I'd actually say it's worth twenty bucks to be honest. Yeah, it's definitely worth twenty bucks, but ten dollars is my limit.
2: I don't see. But but getting back to the mod, was there? um, So, what innovative things are they doing to into the battle royale? Is it just a different weapon system, or um... no? I
0: think they just seem to be utilizing what's in the game already and just trying to adapt it to a battle royale style game. Um, They were really um, focusing on dinos being used with riders firing and fighting from the back of the dinos. They even showed horses with people using lances from the back of them, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if people would actually use them in a Battle Royale fight. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Dragon Punk Arena of Gods is what they call it. And, uh, yeah, they're doing their own league, and I think they'll be offering monetary prizes for it as well. So they're these guys are going full bore on it. Good for that, man. Yeah. So I don't even remember what episode it was, but we were talking about... Um, people selling ARC items and dinos for real money. And this week, Jad on his Twitter said, friendly reminder, guys selling or advertising with intent to sell items and dinos on our official service. Real life currency is not permitted. Anyone caught doing so may face a tribe wipe and ban. So that didn't stop somebody from streaming on Twitch. Them selling dinos for real. I money. I couldn't
2: believe this when I saw this video. How can you be that stupid?
0: I don't know. I couldn't believe it. I, and it's just like, <laughs> really, dude, really? So another one bites the dust, I guess. But it's interesting because aside from somebody being so stupid that they'll Twitch stream them doing it or post on a YouTube video, how is uh Walker going to catch these guys?
2: I mean, I, I think the way they caught him this time was people just reported them and tweeted in real time. So mm-hmm. just, just to fill in those who haven't seen the video... Jack came in on stream and dealt with Yes, them. <laughs> It's pretty satisfying. But uh, I, I think it's just, you know, people, yes, you know, if you see something, say something kind of thing.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on. Now, Radosaurus put up an interest in a uh, post on Reddit titled Scorched Earth Wave 2, and he writes, Scorched Earth, to me, feels like it needs a bit of polish and additional support to keep it interesting compared to the other maps. Preaching into the choir aside from rivers and weather effects it's not introducing too many unique traits to the table and is now significantly left behind compared to the other maps a polish to several of the animals into scorched variants would help as would introducing a second wave of new animals and items to improve to provide follow-up support to the map and the people who initially paid for it while also encouraging new players to play there with added incentive. To clarify on scorched variants, like aberrant animals, scorched versions would vary slightly in stats. Here it would be a boost to stamina and reduction in weight. It would encourage exploring tribes to travel in caravans and pack lighter, and allow them to voyage farther into the desert at a time. They would also have slight variations in appearance, such as the Daedon having larger warthog-like tusks, the Wolves and Yudis have thinner coats, Sabres lack in manes and with paler colors, Spotted Thylos, things like that. They'd also be altered to be unable to breed with island counterparts. New creatures must be a must, and a big part of this is straightforward. New creatures get attention. Five or so would be perfect, and I've thrown out a few ideas below. I've mentioned some of them in other threads as well. The Garganops... Roughly the size of a Carno, Garganops is a bruiser. Like bears and rhinos, it has a momentum-based run, and when at top speed, is able to tackle and pin fairly large, stego sized animals and maul them. The Garganops is extremely solitary and cannot be buffed by Uties or mate-boosted, but does have an analogous buff called Loner. When separate from other animals and players aside from the Rider, the Garganops gains a significant buff to speed, defense, and damage at the cost of being well alone. A giant-frilled lizard could go to another could go to another animal like some type of hadrosaur or something, but this would look really cool. Good carry weight and speed with a 3 or 5 person saddle, but extremely weak melee. Relies entirely on using speed and intimidating attackers with its frill and scream with the same fear mechanic as the Yeti, Cannot kind of buff your own dinosaurs but it's not a bad way to get around for smaller tribes. The Cerat- Ceratosaurus, a uh, dinosaurian combination of Honey Badger and King Snake, gains a melee and defense buff when fighting other carnivores, including those significantly larger than itself, and when buffed, inflicts bleed status, roughly the size of a Megalosaur, but hits way above its weight class when buffed, lives around Oasis. The Sung. I can't even pronounce this one, I'm going to call it the Dung. Decent land speed and sprint, poor flyer with fast stamina, drain when flying, bites roughly around 20 base damage, unable to carry, spits die digestive acids, harvest spoiled meat and bone, not bad for running around on, vomiting on attackers, and flying out of reach. Not bad for hit and run, ha- harassing support. Now this was an interesting one, his final d- dino. The Sand Dolphin. A gigantic version of our real-world sandfish, the sand dolphin is actually a skink, roughly the size of an ichthyosaurus. Living in the open desert, they are elusive and difficult to tame due to their tendency to dive beneath the sand and flee. When tamed, you can ride them underground with a similar mechanic as the basilisk, but like the manta, it is capable of leaping. When leaping, you can regain your oxygen before the sand dolphin plunges back into the ground, pathetic melee damage and mediocre weight, but for quickly traversing the map in relative safety and stealth, it's a very nice ride. So, it's an interesting set of suggestions he has here. Sounds amazing. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. We can't (laughs) even get wildcard to put it on par with all the rest of the maps for those who might want to play exclusively on Scorched Earth, but be competitive with other tribes. Still, nice ideas. Well thought out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now uh, TLC number one came out for us uh, a week ago two weeks ago but uh, finally coming to console according to Jeremy Stieglis who tweeted targeting February 22nd or February 23rd for release of Arc TLC 1 update on Xbox and PS4 all the new gameplay options will be exposed to the settings and options menu as well including creative mode so console will finally be catching up to us in that regard
1: in that special
0: but uh, speaking of the TLC, we got some information on another Dino coming in TLC, I assume, number two. And that is the Raptor.
1: Hell yeah. That's all I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> the Raptor is one of the most iconic creatures in ARC. Our goal with the Raptor is to keep it in an essential early game tame and retain its usefulness to low-level or new survivors for traversing and battling on the Ark. The Raptor will continue to be an excellent Scout and Dino with its quick speed and high mobility. However, it will now also receive a small pack bonus. The pack leader will be able to do a special vocalization that increases the pack's damage resistance, movement speed, and attack speed for 15 seconds with a 45 second cooldown. This will pack allow- bonus.
2: That's pack- awesome. Yeah. oh, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> this will allow a group of raptor- Raptors to stalk and pursue quick targets and quickly take them down. The Raptor will also have a pounce ability that allows it to jump and pin down players and smaller creatures. Once pounced upon, the raptor can use its bite attack to quickly kill its prey. Survivors on foot better be on the lookout for raptors that may be stalking them through the trees.
1: You know, because there aren't enough things on the ground trying to murder you horribly without (laughs) you noticing them.
0: So have you guys taken a look at the picture? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's freaking amazing. It's got, what, it's more feathered, more... Definition to the feathers, it looks like. Yeah, it's
1: sort of, the, the, fe- the current feathers kind of almost look like um, stalks coming out of its arms. Mm-hmm. These ones actually yeah. look like feathers.
2: It's a little nicer all around. I like it. Yeah.
1: It's an incremental
2: improvement, I think. I love the,
0: uh, the pounce ability. I'm going to be looking forward to uh, utilizing that and testing it because uh, I think that's going to make uh, pretty good for chasing down you know, small tribes of raiders. And if you want to keep an eye on them on the ground rather than follow them in the air and lose them in the woods, use a raptor. And a tech helmet, actually. Now, Imagine
2: killing a level 100 with a raptor, though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yes. Now I'm seriously going to start trying to breed, get a, a raptor bloodline going in anticipation of TLC number two, which is going to be right now the Spino, the Sarco, the Argent, and now the raptor.
1: The wolf already get his
0: update. Yeah. That was one. I haven't actually one. seen one since then. <laughs> yeah, the wolf got his update. I so. gotta get up north again. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the few dinos that does not show up yeah, around Green Abbey, around my old haunt.
1: Yeah, by the way, I've come to the conclusion that you're you aren't you are not the one with the wizard powers. It is it is this location.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a fantastic location, one of the best you can build in.
1: Yeah, walk around the corner, hear a roar, crap your pants, and then realize there's a there's a white 145 T-Rex staring at you.
0: I, I still can't believe you found a high-level white Rex right off the bat, just like I did when I built in that location.
1: Hey, man, this, this place is amazing.
0: It really Except is. Except for
1: trying to build into that back corner.
0: Yeah, that is a pain. That is a real pain.
1: Oh, you have no idea how much the looking at this hurts my eyes.
0: <laughs> it was my biggest weakness when I built the base there. That back corner, because you just... Oh, man. I'm going to put a
1: cliff platform above it. Uh, I wish I'd had that in
0: the game at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, there were no patch notes this week, but it appears that there was a stealth change for official PvP servers because suddenly there was a tame limit of 300 showing up.
2: Yeah, about that.
0: Mm-hmm. That was not in the patch notes, and I'm very disappointed because for the Valentine's Day event, people who were trying to raise new dinos, the eggs would hatch, but no dino would appear. And I think they're attributing it to the tame limit.
1: Oh, that is just...
2: I think, didn't they go on to say it was an accident, or...
0: Might it? have been an accident. I'm not sure. It's weird. But uh, the tame limit is for platform dinos, so you can have all the other kinds of dinos you want. But platform dinos dy- is limited to three hundred, and platform dinos cost what twenty per platform saddle. Yep, something like that. Okay, so uh, yeah, not happy that Wildcard didn't include this because that's pretty important. Because originally, when they implemented the um, tame limit, it was five hundred on official PvP, and then they finally got rid of it though they did say they would have re-implemented once they come up with a new uh, approach to it. So I guess this is the new approach.
2: I mean, just to clarify my attitude here, it's not that I'm totally against name limits. I -hmm. think they're kind of necessary, and I know the counter-arguments that people can just work around them and all these other things. But in general, I think they're probably necessary, given the limitations of computers. Yeah.
0: All right, so... With the raptor getting some TLC, it is time for some tender love and chat as we stroll down Arc Avenue this week. Time for, our first, for the cancer aids. For our first official Arc Avenue segment, we received two comments that uh, are driving the main topics for this week. The first one comes from the beautiful gamer, and they wrote if this topic has been discussed previously, I apologize, but the question from the man with the small tribe with 85-100 turrets got me wondering what your ideal turret setup is between the few of you. Do you focus entirely on auto turrets, or do you split between turrets and plan X? Also, what settings do you stick it to? Do you stick to a rigid setting for all your turrets, or do some turrets have different settings from one to another? I would love if this could be discussed at some stage. If it has, please link me to that particular podcast. Thanks.
1: Oh man, is that a topic? Oh uh, back in the day, um we we would line the entire interior of our uh outer wall with uh, with plant X's because that's how we survived one of our first mm. major wars. Soon as they come through the gate, all of a sudden all those plant X's that weren't firing at th- uh them a second ago pinned a uh, pinned their uh their tanker in place and we just mowed it down with <laughs> uh with volley with lo- volley long neck fire.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we go on any further, check out episodes forty-four and forty-five, where we um, had some guests talking about building on a PvP server. We did get to the topic of talking about turrets, but whether or not that is still relevant in today's situation, where we've got a one hundred turret limit, it is for the most part. I well, mean, I think I
1: think, wait, I think here, I'll say this about Planex is now the they no longer have the um combined volume effect that they used to have where they push dinosaurs or pin them in place so really you just need enough to blind people and slow them yeah so i'll say
2: this and now let me caveat this by saying i'm probably the absolute last person you should be asking this but here's my theory all right or at least my philosophy going forward here um and it remains to be tested but i think you're looking at 90 percent gun turrets 10 percent plant x I, I, I still mm-hmm. like Plan X. I know a lot of people are like, don't put Plan X because you're wasting turret slots. But I like to be able to theoretically slow down a runner that's kind of going through your turret range. A runner, Slowed but down also a dino. Yeah, exactly.
1: I still, to this day, use a similar setup to what uh, <coughs> oh, me, had to, cough. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what my friend Danice used way back in the day. You uh, Turrets should always be in clusters of three. Mm-hmm one of them uh I always put one to uh, one to long range and then the other two to medium range because the long range will start uh will start the process out and if you pair the long range with a uh with one plant X in the cluster you you're gonna uh, you're gonna have them slow down they're getting hit and uh they're they're uh, most players aren't gonna be thinking about they're just gonna be trying to push forward push forward and then they're gonna get a little closer fully debuffed on speed, then they're going to really start taking damage. Mm-hmm. Only downside is, if you start to lose turrets in the cluster, the medium ones can't support the ones that are further uh, the other clusters as effectively. It's, uh, eh, it's the only real downside to this. So you uh, eh, we end up sometimes putting other uh, long-range ones on top of pillar towers sometimes.
0: Yeah.
2: So, I still think, just in summary, I still think adding x's in the mix is good, but don't put 100 plantexes in
0: yeah i I also think mixing
2: ranges now when i say mixing ranges make 90 percent of your turrets long range but i still think there's some use cases where having a few on medium or short might be helpful
0: yeah especially if they try to uh get in some explosives Uh yeah so i like to to
2: put a few just a couple of random ones on low range players only um the other thing i would add is uh I think with the hundred turret cap limit, the location that you pick for your base is a lot more important. Um, controlling your firing lanes, and I would say that controlling your spacing. And uh, you know, the hundred turret limit is not a hundred turret limit per tribe; it's a hundred turret limit per radius of I don't know what it was, like a thousand units or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess if you can really plan ahead, do your spacing correctly, you can still make a really effective crossfire this is something Alti was uh, playing with um where you know you could build a bunch of turrets that are within line of sight of each other but still keep your turret count down because if you build them far enough away they're not counting against you
0: yeah it's all about just you gotta find a perfect location and then just plan with the turret limit in mind now
2: yeah an experiment like you plop a turret down temporarily see what the counts at And so you'll understand, like, okay, I'm in range of 80 turrets. That means I can build 20 turrets at this particular location, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's really interesting because uh, when the turret limit finally went into – was uh, enabled, we had to pick up and put back down some of the turrets because they were offline, even though we knew they were not – we hadn't hit the limit in some areas, which was interesting. Um, That was a similar problem for many others. Though it was amazing how quickly some of the bigger, larger tribes were fighting each other once that turret limit hit. And Uh, uh, I couldn't believe how many of these tribes did not prep for this.
2: Yeah, actually, one related question. Have we, uh, because I don't even know the answer, I forgot to talk to you guys about this. Are we pretty convinced that um, for every turret we have, we're going to make it a heavy?
0: I am perfectly convinced that we're going to have to make them all heavies. It's not worth really keeping an auto. Not when you can convert it to a heavy. It's more expensive, but if you got the ability to pump out bullets fast and upgrade your turrets, do it. Invest in the heavy turrets. Alright,
2: yeah, so there's no use case where an auto fills some kind of role that a heavy can't.
0: Nah, not that I can think of. They all yeah. they both drain at the same time too. Because they have the right. same rate of fire and
2: but the heavy has got more capacity.
0: More capacity, but it's firing four. It's got four times the capacity, but since it's firing four bullets at a time, it runs out the same same exact time as an auto turret.
2: Well, you might as well fire four times as many bullets.
0: Yeah, exactly. Turret towers, since they're still useful, what kind of design do you recommend? I think we do a two-by-two. Two. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's another uh, topic that I'm really interested in, but um, I think it really depends on your geography. Mm-hmm. I, I personally like to do two by twos within firing range of each other.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I and know one that. Of the, well, go ahead.
0: I was going to say one of the advantages of that is that it's not so easily to take out the generator. If you're if you're building an old turret tower that's one by one, I
2: do not like one by ones at all. Yeah, it,
0: once you get the C four up against that door, your generator is down. I like least, honeycomb two by twos man, yeah. for that exact reason, and exactly. I would even
2: say that if you're playing aberration, put batteries in all your turrets. Yes. Um, it, it, if you, depending or on if the you map have aber- playing,
0: if you have access to aberration, start cranking out those batteries and send them over to your other servers and putting them in your turrets.
2: It, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I would say that depending on the map you're playing on, uh, you know, you could put a pillar off that two by two by whatever, uh, tower to up to the sky, you know, when mm-hmm. you some air defense in aberration. It's not quite as important depending on where you're built, but, yeah. uh, It's all about just maintaining firing lanes with crossfire, redundancy, battery backups, generator backups. I definitely think every tower, uh, one thing I personally see a lot is uh, turret towers that aren't reinforced at some level at the bottom floor because a lot of times the person that's going to blow up your base is just a guy running up to it, or pardon me, blow up your turret tower is a guy walking up to it. Mm-hmm. so i definitely am a big advocate for double walling double pillaring you know at least on the lower floors uh to try to prevent somebody from uh taking out a big old tower just by uh, blowing up a few key foundation pieces
0: yeah and then not just with the turret towers but for us personally or myself personally i like to try and utilize dinos to supplement the turret towers um we've talked about uh couple episodes ago i think where we're we've been experimenting with bees yeah and added them to the towers as well putting them we on continue aggressive, to do our bee experiments i yeah. love it the bee, the b ai i think needs to be worked on so that when they spawn the bees and they're on aggressive those bees need to just go and kill and attack anything that's out there right now most of the time they're just spawning the bees but the bees just stay there even though they're on aggressive and don't yeah. attack anything unless somebody or your dino has been attacked then they suddenly fly out of the turret tower and attack whatever is attacking you or your dino.
1: There's a lot of AI quirks there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of AI quirks in this game in general.
0: <laughs> also, um, thinking, or we plan to utilize pelovias in addition to uh, supplementing the bees and the turret towers. That way we have something that will attack the attacker themselves and that will spark or get the bees to come out and attack as well. So we'll, we'll see how effective that is.
2: I mean, there, there really is no magic one-size-fits-all design. It kind of depends on your situation. But mm-hmm. in general, the philosophies that I like to take are you want to slow down your opponent's ability to drain. You want to slow down your opponent's ability to blow in at the base. Mm-hmm. So if uh, layering turrets, um, in, you know, we like to put plan Xs or at least little mini plan X towers in front of our gun turrets. You're basically trying to buy time. Yeah, A lot of defense is just about buying time.
0: Indeed. And, um, I think, well, we'll see. We, uh, we're experimenting. We're still getting used to the turret limit and we'll probably revisit this particular topic later on when we've, uh, had more time and see what other strategies are being adopted.
2: And our B turrets
0: have been tested. Yeah, properly tested. <laughs> but, uh, I use S plus, so I
1: really don't have much to say <laughs> on this anymore. <laughs>
0: indeed but uh let's move on to the next uh jack says hi guys my name is jack i'm from ireland i listen to you guys a fair bit and i always look forward to hearing more wait Arthur. wait i gotta
1: ask you a question are you from dublin man because i gotta say we do not have good luck with dubliners it's just a thing <laughs> i don't know why but the last two in our tribe have screwed us over bad
2: i love dublin man yeah. i got a dublin t-shirt <laughs>
0: I'm a PS4 player, and I was on official server PvP 66. Well, that was up until i it just disappeared one day, along with my character, which really annoyed me. Oh, man. I had to start all over again, as I believe I can't get my character back. I love the concept of the game, but I keep getting setbacks like this. Is there a way I can avoid losing my character this time? I'd be a casual ARC player, playing maybe two to three nights a week. What mode would you recommend to get the most out of ARC, PvP, PvE, or maybe solo? would love to hear your thoughts
2: oh man that's a big topic there too these are all okay, great here's questions the thing.
1: PvP people are gonna is where someone's gonna drop out of the sky and murder you, you, your crap because you know it's <laughs> Tuesday um, PVE is so full of toxic <laughs> that uh, you're not gonna probably enjoy yourself very much and solo gets boring real quick.
2: Uh, it it kind of re- it really depends on your playstyle and the things that you enjoy about the game. I think if you really like, for example, you hate the taming system, you hate PvP, and you love building, PvE. But if you like the constant fear of being destroyed completely and foundation wiped, PvP.
0: Yeah, I love. PvP. Go to PvP. go.
2: Wait to sell that, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so PvP is fun because you're always got to be on the. Field I, I tell you, you, man, gotta that, be. That, that, that,
2: you got to be on your toes that little that yeah. little twinge of fear is kind of it's it's like it's an endorphin driven excitement that keeps me playing
0: and when you get to the point where you're fighting that's just another high in the game that makes it all worthwhile when you get to it and it's like
2: uh, many hours of nothing uh, punctuated by a few hours of absolute terror
0: mm-hmm. yeah but um so I was talking. To, I was uh, when it came to the server and he said it just disappeared, I asked if he had tried. Because uh, sometimes what has been happening over the past few months is that Wildcard, Wildcard is reporting that there's been hardware issues. And the servers have been the information for the servers have been completely lost. And so they had to start the servers on new hardware, from back, set them back to day one. And that obviously changes the IP address. So the server that was in your favorites list is no longer there you actually have to look for it again and then add it to your favorites list with the new IP. So I asked him if that was the case. He says, no, it's still not showing up, which I thought was very interesting. So I don't know why the server would disappear and not show up again. And I tried looking it up, but I couldn't really find any information about what PlayStation 4 servers are down. Whereas with uh, PC, I can go to like um, Battle Metrics, I think it's called, and they'll show you all the servers. You can look up all the servers and see what's going on. Uh, as for you minimizing the ability for character loss, yeah. uh, always check the... One of the first thing you do is check the patch version, or the version of the game of yes. the server you're transferred to. So many people, when the patches first roll out, will quickly transfer to another server to, and get either stuck in there or lose their character, because that server hasn't been upgraded to the latest patch version yet.
2: Or... Like our buddy Tribe did, he transferred to a full server. Mm-hmm. That was another great way to lose your character.
0: Yep. And that meant we couldn't, uh, we had no Tribe owner anymore. We still don't. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, character loss stories, this was posted on Reddit by Dr. Mario. And he told it lost my level 115 character and from my wife, her level 97 character. And now we cannot reset our base timer less than six hours ago. He writes, "I played nine thousand three hundred forty-six hours of Ark in two years. For one year, also regularly, my wife did two over four thousand hours, and sometimes my nephew. We have already experienced everything, but now it is too much. In three days, we lost three survivors. Always after transferring back to Ragnarok seventy-two, then crashing and rolling back. The server has very often crashed with rollback problems, but normally only the items are lost, and I can spawn without anything with my character." And now the last three times three characters have been lost. We have a really big base on Ragnarok 72 and a small base on Aberration 218 and animals on Island 50 and Scorched Earth 90 for boss fights. On my character are many valuable animals, 100% imprinted gigas, squids, reapers, and many more. You know how much hard work that is? Many nights of little sleep with crashing a rollback really painful on Ragnarok. Timers have been running since Saturday and Sunday, I really need help from support quickly, otherwise we lose everything. Our characters are sleeping in our base. I am currently logged in with the account of my nephew, but he has does not have the DLC, so I cannot transfer to Aberration S Scorched Earth. I've waited now seven days for GM. Animal timer runs to the end. Two characters lost, and soon we lost all animals on Aberration and Scorched Earth, but no answer from Wildcard support, and GM Blitz fooled me on server. He's tried talking to them via Twitter, Facebook, ARK Forum, ARK Support Ticket, and nothing. They didn't even reply to this thread.
2: Man, this post completely broke my heart. I, I, I don't even know what to say to the dude. Yeah. And I mean, watching because... that timer countdown, there's nothing you can do about it. I, I can only imagine.
1: You know... I have this feeling that right after the timer's up, he's going to get a contact message from them and they'll offer to, uh, you know, spawn him a new thing or or, or, or you know, let him make a new character and meet him and level his character up for him. And this would be the time that, and you're going to have to believe this, Sean, this is the time that I responded to an official dev thing with, thanks, but no thanks, you can go f*** yourselves.
0: Indeed, and it's very apt because Wildcard stopped replacing lost characters, even though what they were replacing wasn't much because, you know, they were not replacing the engrams that would be unlocked or anything like that.
2: When they got down to one character, though, they probably should have hatched a backup plan. It's sad that they had to do that given the broken game mechanic, but that's what I would have done.
0: Yeah. Up until this point, I have never lost a character in transfer, but I always took steps to make sure that when I was transferring a character off to another server, that the transfer ownership was on a character that would never be moved or would well, uh, yeah, would, yeah we or used to not be, be moved.
1: Insane. We used to be so insanely uh, anal retentive about that.
0: <laughs> However, that all changed because I finally lost a character because of transferring. And it wasn't really because of transfer, it was because of Ascension. Now, I was lucky enough to be um, invited to do the tech cave on the island. And, you know, 50 players, 50 dinos go in. You get the extra 15 levels for completing it by defeating the Overseer. Now, we were doing this on an Asian server, and the Asian servers are atrocious because um, unless you're playing in China, it seems you get disconnected rather frequently, ...from their servers, and you have to wait a couple minutes to log back in. So we're trying, we're going through the cave, but, you know, a large number of the European and American-Canadian players are getting DC'd while we're fighting. Very frustrating. But uh, we made it through, we defeated the Overseer, and as we're doing the Ascension, you know, it's doing the cinematic... And then uh, once the cinematic is over, it gives you the option to um, respawn at a bed. Fortunately, that didn't seem to work properly because every time I'd respawn to the bed, I'd get a black screen and nothing would happen. I'd have to log out, of the, get out of the game. It was a complete cluster. Now, I had my crafting character up in the cloud. And it was there prior to me going to the Asian server and doing the tech cave. The second uh, the ascension was over... And I was trying to bring my download my character new character onto the server. I realized my character my crafting character is gone. I it had got not erased. heard this,
2: I had not heard of this by the way.
0: Yeah, so I am out of a crafting character and would have to make a new one. Oh man, man, and it was just in the cloud, it was saved. I don't know why it would be erased just for me ascending, have getting one of my characters to ascend. New characters have a timer? No. It's so weird.
2: I've actually never left a character up there for longer than a couple hours.
0: I used to do it uh, for months on end back oh. on Legacy. But uh yeah, this is the first time I've lost one and it wasn't that I was trying to download it or anything. It was just I had just left it up in the cloud. Weird. Yeah. So, now I got to re-level a new one.
2: All I got to say is welcome to the club.
0: <laughs> so, uh let's get back to Jack. Now uh casual arc player two to three nights a week we'd still recommend pvp right
2: yeah yeah no i i think i mean i, I just it depends what your tolerance for losses don't don't build up a stone base over three weeks and expect it to be alive mm-hmm. on the fourth week but um in general i just think you're gonna have the most fun on pvp but i'm heavily biased because i've got almost zero hours on pve yeah i've, I've been all about pvp since this game launched
0: Mm -hmm. now if your goal is to maybe survive for a long time on the server and maybe get invited to a tribe or a large tribe you need to be persistent and you need to stick with it because that's what tribes look for when they're keeping an eye on somebody if you're being wiped on a weekly or a daily basis but you're not complaining in global you're not throwing a fit but you're constantly rebuilding repairing and progressing tribes notice that yeah, just don't be annoying
1: and, and realize i, I honestly rep- cannot tell and this is always something that i i hated to admit to people but it would always be that once they were in the tribe it would be the first thing i admit Is like so you know the all the times you were you know wiped everything i pretty much knew those were coming
0: <laughs>
1: and i didn't tell you because i wanted to see how you'd react
2: mm-hmm. well we'll lead us there but
1: but I, I in general i think
2: you know your reputation means a lot on the server, and you have a very small window to give people an impression of what you're like in terms of how, what your gameplay style is, what your personality is. Because I've seen a lot of people be, join our server within you know a day or two, and people have already kind of signed them off as either absolute trolls or jerks or just mm-hmm. like you know people that they want to
0: wipe. Yeah, and it's alright to ask a question every now on the server because you're not going to know everything, especially if you're new. But when you're asking questions constantly because you didn't. So I've always been uh, of the habit of when I buy a new game, I want to learn everything I know about it before I play. Which is why I miss the, the fact that most games when you buy them off the shelf for a physical copy, you don't get the uh, booklet anymore. The game manual. Because I would always read those while the game was downloading or installing.
2: Oh, man, my F-16 manual, uh, Falcon Fighting Falcon 3.0, was <laughs> like a freaking like Moby Dick novel. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it was great. I loved reading the manuals because it let me know what's going on. The key bindings were in there and everything. You, you got to learn it all. If you're asking about what's this key binding, well, just hit escape. Check your key bindings. You don't have to ask on Global for that. You know, little <laughs> things like that. It just annoys people.
2: Also, we had a guy jump on our server the other night that was basically begging for about an oh. hour for like a, a full blown uh, uh, what you call it Reaper.
0: Yeah, he was asking for dinos, and that's an instant that's an instant wipe for me. I'm yeah. gonna grief you until you get lost. Yeah, the red
2: flags went up on that one.
0: So yeah, um, we recommend Arc PVP even if you're only playing two to three nights a week. It's still worth checking out. Well, let me let me add
2: one more final note there. Uh, if you are only playing two or three nights a week, and particularly if you're only playing solo, make sure that you build really small. A mistake I mm-hmm. see a lot of new players do is they uh, they'll build a little wood base and put some spikes around it and get like a dozen tames, and they'll all be dead one day when they log in by <laughs> some guy with a pike. You know, yep. it, it, don't don't bother to tame stuff unless it's really going to aid what you're trying to do. What you're trying to farm and understand that every time you log in, especially in the early game, is probably not going to be there when you log in. Build small, build hidden, keep uh, multiple backups of things, have backup locations, backup one by ones. Keep a robust layout to where if you lose a particular spot, it doesn't mean that you're out and you got to start from scratch.
0: And start playing politics as well. Yeah. Get to know people, get to know your neighbors in your immediate vicinity, and then get to. Start talking if you can with the major tribes on the server. Get them, let Just them get to know. Just don't expect your
1: neighbors here. to necessarily help you if uh, somebody yeah. big and scary shows up. Yeah, yeah,
2: yep. no, that's fair. I and mean, in fact, getting to know your neighbors might increase your your profile to where people start talking about maybe getting you getting you out of the way. But I will say this: in some of the discussions I've been in in the old days, when you know you decide, hey, what do we do about and So they're 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 building up. They got a bunch of uh, they got a bunch of turrets now. Like, do we need to take care of them or what? It all it really takes is for one tribe member to stick up and say, "Nah, they're cool, dude. I talked to those guys. or I, you yeah. know, I traded extra wide dinos with them, and they're they're gonna be fine. You know. Uh, it helps to have advocates on your side, particularly with the bigger tribes when you're joining a server for the first time. But that's not something that comes easy, and it's not something
0: that comes within two or three days. It's something that comes within weeks or months. Indeed. So. That's it for uh, the Arc Avenue segment. Like I said, it's a new segment, and this week it actually gives us a couple of interesting main topics to either revisit or just discuss. Now, the segment is for you guys who are solo players or small tribes that maybe you're looking for advice on how to advance in the game or what you should be doing. And uh, if you have any questions, ask them in the comment section or in our Discord channel. I'll provide an invite to the channel in the comment section if you'd like to chat with us or hang out with us. Because it is time to close out episode 77... Uh, actually, if I
1: may, uh, I need to uh, plug a brand new server.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, and give a little bit of a rant, because uh, uh, I'm i the official admin of the uh, Gaming, Addict no Sleep, Gaming Addict No Sleep Servers. Most of the guys in the Archaeologist Podcast know how to know how to get in touch with me, or even are just already on our uh, Discord as well. Mm-hmm. We have a general Discord for just all the games that any of us play that get involved in the community. PUBG, uh, dozens of different online games that I don't play, so I can't exactly plug those. But I'm also the admin of our arc ser- uh, of our arc servers. We have an island server and an aberration server that we just uh, reset last sa- uh, last Saturday. So they're nice and fresh if anybody's looking to get involved in an unofficial server.
2: So how big of a check is Gaming Addicts writing you, Sean? <laughs>
0: Not big enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How big of a check you? I've been uh, cashing for the, for the last 76 episodes.
0: <laughs> this is true.
1: There we go. 76. Right. <laughs> 76. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I said 76 because I haven't been on one episode.
0: <laughs>
1: we are a modded server. We use slightly above, above stand, standard uh, rates, but uh, we drop most of the stuff that uh, a lot of uh, some of our more hardcore uh, friends used to uh, used to razz us about for making things too easy. Because, well, even though it wasn't as easy as they made it to be, it was still too easy.
0: I don't know who these people are that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: no one in this room. No, no oh, one. yeah,
0: definitely not. We're totally chill.
1: Oh yeah,
2: well, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll vouch for the people on that server, though. Totally chill guys. You're gonna love them. Really great people. Oh, Not some of the, the newest guys race.
1: we got. I, 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 have literally had to stop ga- uh, game because I was sort of <laughs> myself laughing. Oh yeah. We, we've got to. Uh, we get. Uh, we get some really. It's like having four melons in the room at one time. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's 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 freaking riot. And uh, right uh, right now we got oh, we got. Uh, a little bit more traffic than, uh, than we had. We made the decision to restart the servers, mm-hmm. but we're just looking to you know get up, uh, get up some, uh, some more people. The island's still a big place with plen- uh, plenty of room. Uh, it is a PVE and PVP server. You can actually uh, we do uh, uh, require people to put which one of the two they uh, they want to be in their tribe name. Out in the world, however, when you're away from your base, is a free fire zone. I just like
2: the fact that uh, a unit of hilarity is now the melon.
1: Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that is a. Uh, <laughs> the melon is now a unit of humor. But you know it's true, though.
0: The watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. It is time to close out episode 77 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video, and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye, and stay alive, survivors.
1: I completely forgot to eat crow over uh, the, all the crap I've given oh, uh, the art was about
0: launching servers. Huh. I'll have to do that <laughs> for the two-week anniversary of the server or something. Oh, God.